All right, hello and welcome everyone to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Marielle Marie and I've got our guest speaker bobbing her head and ready to just drop knowledge. Uh, Wanda is calling from Malaysia, but I'm gonna introduce our guest speaker in just a moment. This is a, a great topic. Um, I'm so happy that she is you know, going to lead us in this conversation, especially now during these crazy times. Um, and with that said, I just wanna say, I know that the world is on fire. I say this you know, on, on these chats that things are crazy. 2020 is ending, we're going to 2021. Um, and so you could be doing anything else with your time, but you're deciding to be with us. So I see you, I appreciate you. With that said, let's really maximize this next hour. Um, turn your cameras on if you feel called to do so, write in the chat box whenever you have a dream you wanna share, whenever you have your own tips and tricks that have worked for you. Um, I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid background noise. But again, I can't stress enough, would love to hear from you. Um, come off mute, write in the chat box whenever you want. If you do come off mute, you will be featured in our live booking. Um, and with that said, I know everyone is multitasking, but I invite you to be present with us. Uh, and then you can rewatch this video on Power to Fly later, and then you can take notes vigorously there. Um, if you have any sensitive information and you want to remain anonymous, you can find me in the chat box under Mariella Marie. Write to me, and I will flag uh, that comment or that reflection anonymously to our guest speaker. Um, the last thing I'll say is that uh, we'd love for you to follow us on socials and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats we've got lined up. Uh, and now I'm going to pass the mic to our guest speaker. Wanda, let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro. I'm super excited to speak with everybody. So. <laughs> I learned about Power to Fly because I just did a conference this year that had to be online. And it was the International Black Women Travel Jubilee and Power to Fly was a wonderful partner to work with uh, to just like help spread the word on social media and like connect with folks. So that's how I learned about Power to Fly. Um, and then like I learned about all the dope work you all do and the diversity and upliftment of women. And I'm about that. <laughs> 366 days a week, okay? <laughs> Every year. So about me, like I'm a traveler. I left the States. I'm coming up on my anniversary. I left December 31st, 2015. So it's almost five years. 2015, yeah. <laughs> and I just have been bobbing around and finding my people and trying to find ways that I can connect, that we can connect with each other, trying to tell our stories and just encouraging black women to like open up and not keep everything in the house, you know, uh, in our families, like to have these conversations that mean something to us about who we are, who we're becoming, the, our mothers and our grandmothers, what they gave us, what they didn't give us, what we're finding on our own. And a lot of times that relates to travel because that gives us a chance to get away from our home environments and be somewhere different and possibly open up to being someone different. So that's just a bit about me. Yes, well, I know we're gonna learn more about you in this next hour, so feel free to share more about your journey. As you know, uh, our audience loves transparency and authenticity, which I know that you share with your audience as well. So feel free to go in 100%, dive in as deep as you want to these 
awesome questions that you all have submitted offline. Um, thank you all for submitting these questions. We're gonna take these questions one by one, uh, starting with this first question here. So if you see your question come on the screen uh, and you want to you know, add more or you know, ask, our, ask our guest speaker to dive in deeper, feel free to come off mute or to write in the chat box. If this is not your question and you, know, you still wanna share something, again, share your voice. I can't stress enough, I wanna hear from you. So Wanda, let's start from this first question here. How did you create an exit plan strategy to leave your previous job and work full-time remotely? So I've been at this a couple of times. The first time was in 2010 where I did everything I wasn't supposed to do. Like I had a condo that wasn't rented out. <laughs> I packed too much. Um, I got fired from my nonprofit volunteer job. <laughs> like it was a mess. Um, so I won't tell you what I did then. I'll tell you about what I did better the next time when I left in 2015. Um, I just like did a whole lot of research, which I don't think I did the first time. I was really plunging into the stories of these people who were living this digital nomad lifestyle, which basically means you work online, you're remote, and that can look so many different ways. The way that I wanted to do it was just kind of like short-term traveling. So some people like base somewhere and travel every six months, every three months or something like that. I kind of wanted to move around a bit more. Um, so I somehow in my research came across like trusted house sitters. So what that is, is like house sitting. And sometimes that involves pets and sometimes not. Um, and that got me through Europe. So I joined when I was in the States and I like tried to get some houses under my belt, but that didn't work. <laughs> So that it didn't, it didn't end up mattering anyway. So I got to Europe and got a whole bunch of houses and uh, your cost of living. The number one thing is going to be your housing when it comes to your cost of living. So with that taken out of the equation, all the money that I had saved up, which I was very intentional about before I left, like went so much farther. So trusted house sitters was the first, second was like saving. I put all my attention, all my energy, all my resources into leaving. So, you know, that means like being super conscious about what I was buying or not buying. And um, also stacking that money, honey, <laughs> making sure that I had something, a nice chunk of change, because like I'm untethered when it comes to family. I'm the 10th child in my family, but like these aren't people that I could call for money. You know what I mean? So I knew but I had never had to before. So I knew I was going to continue this trend of being independent and I needed, I needed money. So I just saved up a bunch of money. I figured out ways that I could save money and still travel. And I booked my ticket and I just worked it out from there. I never knew exactly where I was going to go. I intended to start in Asia, but I had a buddy pass and sis could not get on a flight <laughs> during Christmas. And so I ended up in London completely underclothed. <laughs> like I had one coat and like a scarf and a hoodie and that was not enough <laughs> for London at all, but it was really dope nonetheless because I left America and anywhere is better than America <laughs> in my skin. So, so I'd love to, I'd love for you to unpack that more throughout this hour because that is a very um, complex, uh, statement that I also resonate with as I live in Argentina and I've been living in Argentina since 2012 
Um, I resonate with a lot of your story as far as, you know, being smart and resourceful. Um, I love that you were one of the things that you pointed out was like, okay, I need to be mindful about my consumption, right? And that automatically makes you, as you are becoming a woman of the world, right, getting out of the States and discovering the world, you're being mindful about your consumption, which is allowing you to then, you know, have more in your pocket to take care of yourself as you're finding these alternative ways to live. Um, I, I love that. I, and, and I love when, when folks like they say, you know, Wanda watched my dog in Puerto Rico and she's now in Malaysia. And like, I find that that also starts like the trickle effect. Um, mm -hmm. And so just kind of diving in the water head first, you know, and just taking a chance, even if you just have, you know, you're going into a winter season and you just have your bathing suit with you, like somebody's going to look out for you. You got to trust yourself. <laughs> so I admire that. I admire that. <laughs> But that what you said is like super, super important about gaining momentum, you know, focusing on the things that you want and gaining momentum in that. That is a thing. And it does create this lifestyle where you find yourself having more of what you want than what you don't want. Yes, I love that. Okay, so I still want you to unpack what you said earlier, but find a way to do that throughout this hour. I won't put you on the spot, um, okay. but yes, because uh, I, I would love to, to share, I mean, as much as I can speak about like, traveling the world and getting outside of the States as much as you can, because oftentimes we know we learn the A side of history. We don't learn the B side of history. And then when you start to either go to, when you go to an HBCU or when you go out uh, into the world, that's when you learn the B side of history. <laughs> uh -huh. All right, let's move on to this question here. How can you talk about the moment you broke away from what you thought you should be doing versus what you felt you should do? Child, <laughs> that moment slapped me in my face. So it was, it was a sense. So I worked at CNN uh, for five years and it was just friction within the company. And I came to this point where I was like, you know, up in HR, HR is not for us. HR is for the company to protect them against getting sued and stuff like that, because that's what capitalism does. Right. Um, so I was either going to try and figure out how to stay there and like make that work, or I was going to go live my life. And we all know what I did. I just, I left so that and it was a very it was a very distinct moment let me take you there so <laughs> I'm in Atlanta I have my Toyota Camry <laughs> I have my little condo and I'm sitting in my room on my bed and I was getting into movies at the time I've never been like a movie person so like I'm going through like IMDB top 100 movies or something silly like that and I've watched Benjamin Button and there's this super whatever scene, I'm not gonna judge it, uh, but he's talking to his daughter through letters and she hasn't gotten them. So as an adult, she's reading them, her mom's in the hospital sick. And so these letters are like, no matter what you do, no matter who you turn out to be, I hope you are not afraid to try again, to make mistakes, to switch it up. And so like, I'm crying real tears here, people. And I was just like, I'm not gonna do this. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not gonna try and figure out how to stay at this company that doesn't value me as a human being. Um, I'm leaving. And so that's what I did. That was my moment. I love that. And so we often, um, I love when folks come on, the, on these chats and, and our live audience also is curious about like, how can I, if corporate is not for me for, sub, for, you know, for lots of different reasons, how can I have the, the courage to step away and also the, the, 
the vision to know what I want to do so that I can really express myself to my fullest capacity. I'd love for you to like, you know, someone is thinking right now, someone is questioning, how do I do it? What's something they can start with right now? So first of all, you are more than likely blocking yourself from actually getting to the goods because you are afraid already. You are afraid of not being able to sustain yourself. You're afraid of being homeless. You're afraid of just effing up in general. I don't know if I could cuss on this thing, but like uh, that is that is from a place of fear. When I left the States the second time, specifically the second time, I was more interested in where I was going rather than what I was leaving. I was not recoiling. I was not um, reacting. I was making an informed decision because I had seen, I'd gotten a taste. I spent nine months out that first time that I left. And it was the sweetest, the sweetest time of my life aside from now, which every present moment is the sweetest time of my life. <laughs> but <laughs> So it takes you taking a step back and saying, this is actually possible. And that is so much of what I try to be about is sharing that this is possible and that it doesn't have to look one way. Um, and that if you give yourself some space and some trust and put confidence in yourself to be able to take care of yourself, that that is exactly what will happen. But until you do that, you're not going to really step into it with a strong back. You're going to be breathing backwards, essentially. You're going to be holding your breath. You're going to be giving into what your brain naturally does, which is think of the worst possible thing because your brain is trying to keep you safe if you want to get into the science of it all. Like that's, that's why we think the same things over and over again. Our brain is like going over all the stuff that happened to us so that we don't repeat it again, right? That's why you up in the middle of the night thinking about that time in third grade when you should have slept the mess <laughs> out of somebody and like you didn't because your, your brain is just like, okay, but remember that time when such and such and such is trying to protect you. So it's like, getting out of that and it's a practice getting out of that because you find yourself sucked right back in because that's what it does and you've been doing this for how many years now like you got to be over 10 years old right <laughs> watching this so it is a practice of taking that intentional step back and saying you know what yeah that could it could go that way but it could also go this way which is more realistic right it's probably going to land somewhere in the middle it's probably not going to be the worst Probably not. If you think of all the things that you've, um, you've wanted to step to and maybe you've attempted, it probably hasn't gone all the way left. You've probably landed somewhere in the middle. And so it's giving yourself that opportunity. And the more you do that, the more you step into it, the more you practice being present with whatever it is that you want, the more you, you, bring, you bring opportunities to yourself. So, beautifully said yes yeah. you're dropping sorry to cut you off you're dropping so many <laughs> gems right now so thank you um i just want to unpack some things that you were saying which okay. i love is so i often talk about uh, the importance of emotional intelligence yes and it's like yeah giving yourself the space 
or in giving yourself the time to 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 listen to yourself and have that integrity to to be intentional about where you want to go and not just and and that involves you know a mindset shift we can also say right so you I love what you're speaking about mindset and not to get wrapped up in thoughts of what happened in the past and just like really allow that opportunity to to reveal itself um I find that uh as far as building a practice is concerned it's it's so important especially nowadays when we have everything at snap of a finger push of a button and it's like but you can't push a button to end racism practice to to build a diversity true diversity authentic you know community um there's no button to end these really big problems in the world and so it's like if we can start with ourselves with a little bit of a little more emotional intelligence um, we wouldn't feel shackled to any company, to any business. To, you know, we would be able to travel the world with freedom. Um, so I love that you're bringing that part of your journey to this conversation because ho hopefully it will inspire uh, some of our listeners today. We've got some folks in the chat box. When you were speaking of this someone, this you know, this great someone, uh, Eve wrote, "That someone is me." So yeah. <laughs> we've got folks resonating um, with with what you're saying. And so any any tips for Eve right now, for example, to to help shift that mindset? Like I said, it's, it's, it's practice. Um, you use a very powerful word, word with this shackle. And I think that I've, I heard someone say, and I'm trying to remember who it was, but sometimes you are so free that you can choose bondage, right? So if you don't have somebody physically putting you into bondage, you can be so free that you bind yourself. And that is often what we do. And so it, and, and you were also talking about, you know, racism and so forth. And that is, that is real. So many things are real, sexism, racism, um, misogyny, um, all the is, <laughs> you know, all the isms, they're, they're very real. But often, and Toni Morris, Morrison said this as well, like, they want us to continue to talk about this because that serves capitalism. If you are so busy talking about the problem, you're not living. If your focus is on resistance, which I, I used to use that word quite a bit, but then I, was, I realized like the energy that that has, I don't want resistance. I want to be in a state of allowing. I want to be in a state of receiving. I want to be in a state of being so that I'm living and creating the life that I wanna live versus trying to push against a system that was never built for me that I don't know that that will ever be rectified. And if you look around the world, so many different people in different ways are oppressed. They are, they are um, disadvantaged in many, many different ways. Like we saw in SARS in Nigeria, they all black, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's still oppression. You know, you see classism, all, all the isms, like I'm saying, but as long as you are focused on that problem, as long as your energy is feeding into that, as long as you are upset about the virus keeping everybody stuck inside, then you are not giving yourself any type of emotional, spiritual, uh, soul space to be who you are, to enjoy the things that you are meant to enjoy. You, a lot of people died this year and not saying that lightly, a lot of people actually lost their lives this year. Some people have survived and they are 
they are suffering in their survival because of the lasting effects of the virus, specifically regarding that. There, there are so many things that we can be thankful for. And instead of focusing on what we don't have and where we are not wanted as humans, it is so much more beneficial to focus on who you are and what you want and all the things that you already have and the good feelings that you have available to you at any point, literally at any point. Um, and I've, I've gone through a lot of stuff like divorce and my mother and my sister passing away seven days apart and, you know, my condo being foreclosed on and like, there's been a bunch of crap, but I, if I focused on that, I would never, I would never be here. I would never get up out of bed. Although I like, <laughs> I really like my bed. I just got my bed. Um, but that, that is super, super important. What has your attention? What has your focus? What has your energy? And again, going back to that mindset, building that practice of replacing, that's where the gratitude comes from. That's where the affirmations come from. That's where the meditation comes from. People are trying to reprogram their minds. People are trying to still all this gunk, all this movement that is happening, that is just fear, that is just our brains trying to protect ourselves. And they're trying to be at peace and find some joy, which is that emotional intelligence, that is, that is what's going to bring you fulfillment. Everything that we do in our lives is based on a feeling. You are with a partner because you want a feeling. You are at a job because you want a feeling. You are doing whatever it is that you're doing, buying whatever car, buying whatever food, because you want a feeling. And once you understand that you don't have to get those things in order to have the feeling, that you can have the feeling already, and then if you want to experience some stuff that's cool, then like everything shifts for you, literally. Because it's just, it's here. If you want to see love, you will see it. Uh, there's a specific word for it that's super scientific that I can't say right now. But it's like, it's like when you are shopping for a Toyota Camry and then all of a sudden you start seeing all the Toyota Camrys on the road. It's that the power of focus. So once you start really focusing on what it is that you want, how you want to feel, you can have that experience already and then watch the interesting choices that you make. And maybe there's some stuff that you don't want still, and that's fine, but that's just more data for you to go by. So you just shift like, oh, that's not what I want. Okay, well, let me continue to focus on what I do want. I would love for you to tie money into this beautiful philosophy that you're bringing up um, because uh, I love that you're saying, make the money, don't let the money make you. So can you right. just, yes, combine, how, how, how do people, how can we be more aware of that? And because obviously we're living in a world that is so focused on this um, illusory economy for lack of a better word, but that is not doing good for most people, right? And so that just, uh, the, that gives money this, uh, this energy that I feel like, you know, I mean, in my public education, I wasn't really taught how to do that, how to work with that. And I had to go have my life experience and then figure, okay, make some mistakes and like, you know, speak with people like you and like, you know, bounce ideas and experiences off of each other. How can people be more aware uh, of, you know, their relationship with money, keeping your mindset? So that was one of the questions too that I was very much looking forward to answering. It's like healing from capitalism. Capitalism wants to commodify you. It wants to commodify your time, your imagination and your energy, right? 
anything that you're not doing to be productive, anytime that you're not on the clock, anytime that you're not earning money, you know, anytime you're not where the money resides, then capitalism wants you to feel shame and wants you to feel guilt. It doesn't care about your joy. It wants you to clock into a place, turn your emotions off, produce the work you're meant to produce, and then it doesn't care what you do as long as you show up on time the next day, right? So it is about, again, taking that step back and honoring your feelings, honoring what feels good to you, and giving yourself the time and the space to be on the journey of figuring it out as you go along. Because that's like, you can't know what you don't know. You have to do some things. You have to have some experiences in order to get where you're going. And our imaginations are often so limited and there are so many things that we don't see. You know, for all the things we do see, like online, through social media, YouTube, like whatever, um, there are a lot of the process processes that people go through that we don't see. So, and your experience is going to be unique to you. So giving yourself the space to grow, the space to learn, the space to experience, keeping your joy intact and using that intelligence. People always talk about like uh, generational trauma and I get that and it's probably, I'm, I mean, I know it's real, right? In our DNA, but there's also generational intelligence. Okay. Yes. Talk about that. Talk about Wait. that too. Yes, yes. Talk about the trauma. You talk about you talk about all the the wisdom, the intelligence, all the all the survival, all of the you know everything that these people from ages and ages and ages who have way harder lives than any of us had um, have given us. So let's talk about that too. But in being able to give ourselves the the space to employ that, right? Put it to use. So, yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't tell you directly like, yeah, if you show up, they will come because that's not always the case. But I do know that there are a lot, a lot of people out there doing the exact same thing. But you are drawn to some of them because of their energy and it's going to be the same for you. If you are seated inside yourself, if you are showing up for yourself, if you are prioritizing feeling good and whatever you do being an inspired action because you feel good people are going to be drawn to that that's just what happens but it can't get there if you if you don't sit down <laughs> like if, if you don't become seated if you don't if you don't fill yourself first so like that's that's super super important and capitalism hates that because like well how do i tax that and like i mean they're gonna get their money there's nowhere in the world you can live I was just like uh, at a waterfall that was like in the middle of nowhere and these police folks rolled up and they was like, oh, this is actually private property. And it was just like, who decided who owned this? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> all, this, all this stuff is made up, literally. Humans have made up every single thing, every single rule that exists, every single custom, every single societal, whatever. Somebody just made that up and like the masses reinforced it that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to buy into it within your within your heart, within your head, within your spirit. Whatever space you could carve out for yourself, that belongs to you entirely, entirely. And then, you know, they're going to get their little tax money or like whatever, whatever it is that they want. But 
by virtue of you showing up for yourself and connecting with people, which is important, <laughs> like, uh, then you're, you'll, you'll be taken care of. You have to trust that. You have to believe that. If you, if you don't believe that you'll be taken care of, if you don't believe that you are inherently supported, then you're not going, you're not going to go anywhere because you think that this system is actually going to take care of you. When, I mean, we've seen what Amazon does. We've seen what all these big companies do. Why do they make so much money? They make so much money because they don't pay people. They don't pay people a living wage. And it's always gonna be a, a fight. It's always gonna be a negotiation. It's always gonna be a pressing against. And there are ways that you can take care of yourself without necessarily having to do that. It's all a game. What game do you wanna play? How do you wanna spend your time? Because we're alive. As long as you're alive, like you have to figure out something to do, right? So that's that's just part of the work. What is what is what is your what is your idea of a fulfilled life? What is your idea of of how you want to engage with the world that you're in? Yes, engage in the yes, that's a that's a huge word instead of separate. Separation. Uh, isolation, which is what we're going through right now. Huge moment of isolation, which in my opinion is just feeding that, um, the stripping away of the commons, right? When, when you went to this waterfall and they said, this is private property, it's like, wait, this is nature. This, is, this belongs to everyone. Um, and, and we just see through, gen, you know, historically speaking, how the commons, which is, you know, shared air, shared land, shared, you know, the things that belong to no one, but then, you know, you, you pay, you put your sign up, private property. Now, you know, there's not so many places to go in nature. People got to stay stuck behind the computer and it makes me think, you know, like, is this intentional? Um, why can't I go to the waterfall and have a moment? You know, um, I think that's a really great point to touch on. I'm reading a book called Sacred Economics right now that speaks specifically about this and how, you know, um, how money has influenced you know so much of where we have come today which we can say a lot about that and then it's it's you know now there's this debate at least within this book it's like you know should we just do away with money what do we do should we go back to like some sort of other kind of train and, and it's like how you said before don't focus on what happened in the past and how to like how do we fix that it's like what can we do now what can we do right with now. money is here you know money is not going to go away in our generation yeah. Uh, so how can we use this as a resource to to feel fulfilled, you know, and to uh, and to not let it uh, dictate me uh, and what I do in my life? I love that you're bringing this up. I'd love for you to speak a little bit more, if you can, now about what, um, you know, diving in deeper about why you decided to uh, become a woman of the world and not stay in the States. Um, and because I feel you and one of my one of my idols is Josephine Baker. James Baldwin is another idol. And it's just like, OK, if I look at these folks who who they felt, you know, they were put in a box in the States at some, whatever capacity. But then they went to London and France and these people welcomed them with open arms. And I mean, of course, we can talk about a whole nother, you know, appropriation that happened after that. But at least it was done with love and it wasn't done with trying to, you know, make uh harm people physically i'd love to hear you speak about more about why you decided to leave the states it's just like in my spirit nina simone also did the same thing a lot of the artists did um they had the access to be able to do that and that is a gift that my ancestors just specifically gave me is that gift of freedom to be able to to not choose that there's something about and there's like a study about this if you're into like astrology and stuff like that there's something about like um I don't know, like 
the world and specific energy centers around the world. Um, I just feel gross in America. I haven't been back the whole almost five years that I've been gone. And the only thing I started to miss when I was looking for a place here in Malaysia, like closets aren't built in, there's no bathtub. <laughs> there's no like bathroom counters really. They just kind of go in, do their business and then come right back out. And I'm like, where am I supposed to do my beauty routine? Um, but aside from that, like, I haven't missed anything about the America, least of all the oppression. Again, systems of oppression exist everywhere because that's how, that's how it works. In order for people to get anywhere, they have to oppress. There has to be some type of opposition happening in order to lift themselves up. Um, something that I like to ask when I travel is whose land is this? So specifically in Malaysia, um, you know, everybody say they're Malaysians. The Chinese have only been here for maybe two or three generations from what I understand. Uh, just talking to people and like, are you even connected with mainland China? Like, do you have people back there? Do you know what tribes you come from in China? Um, there's also Indians. I don't get to talk to them as much. Everybody's very familial and insular. So it's really hard to like get up in that thing. But um, there's also Malays. A lot of them came from Indonesia. They were given land and told to like, okay, you can have this land, but you have to work it. You have to like build it up. And then they have Orang Asli, which that's, essentially what happened to indigenous Americans. Like they've been sloughed off onto some government land given like a couple of things. They have no voice in the government. Um, that's their land, that's their waterfall out of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, yeah, there's something in my spirit that just, even at my worst, Vietnam is like the worst experience I've had. I developed anxiety there. I'm not an anxious person. Um, I would rather have been there than in America because I was not affected. I'm not affected by the systems of oppression. I mean, of course, racism still exists. And I have, I have had experiences with racism in Indonesia specifically. Um, but for the most part, everybody pretty chill and I'm American first. Um, and I think that's something like people talk about often, uh, uh being recognized for your passport country rather than you know, this or that. But I mean, if you really sit with the culture, like you'll find the anti-blackness because it exists everywhere. I was just watching something from Japan the other day. So yeah. yeah. But it's still the being in America. Of, well, yeah. And I was just going to say, I mean, you reminded me of so many, so many um, moments of like, you know, the, the greats, the, 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 the legends that are no longer here with us. You know, I'm thinking of Muhammad Ali when they wanted him to fight in Vietnam. And he's like, yeah. Anything I'm gonna fight here in these streets, well, I'm not gonna go into Vietnam, you know. And having that courage to to to, as you said before, you know, find your path and not stay with what everyone is doing just because it's the norm, you know, just because everyone is figuring out how to build a retirement, even though they're working their ass off and not being treated fairly for the sake of a retirement. That mm -hmm. you know, at any moment, some someone can you know come up and do something. Google offices come up and take everything, you know, like I was just talking with my friend about how in Venice Beach in Los Angeles, you know, like when um, how the real estate has just shot through the roof because these big tech giants are coming in, buying up the place and they're displacing people. 
and how Amazon does that as well. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on people, but I'm just trying to bring up the realness that is happening, this displacement, the continuation of oppression and, and just how uh, when we're able to find what fulfills us, uh, but be, uh, have some integrity about it, empathy, emotional yeah. intelligence, it, you don't want to be involved in that. And I find, I resonate that with that with you is that I, 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 I don't want to be involved in that. I want to, I want to trailblaze my own path um, with this, with this ancestral intelligence, right. That comes, uh, uh, that comes, I just need to sit still and listen and find my waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to this next question here. Again, if you see your question come up, feel free to uh, come off mute or write in the chat box. I know that we are diving deep here. So, and I love that you all are hanging out and down for, for, for the get down. So let's move on to this question. How do you define soul work? Soul work is many things. It's probably not just one thing. I think we're too interesting as human beings to like be tied down to any one thing. Um, it's just, you know, the thing that you do and like you lose time with it. It's the problems that you're solving and you're really invested in solving those problems. It's like the process, being in the process of creation, enjoying the creation in whatever way that you create, writer, painter, uh, if you're a developer, like, yeah. So I think that's the best definition of soul work, just whatever whatever you're drawn to, whatever kind of expression you're drawn to. I 1000% agree with that. And I believe that we're all artists. I believe we're all born creative beings. And then, you know, with societal pressures and societal norms, we figure out how to forget that and we become numb and literally to the point where they're putting shit in everything and you have to think twice. Do I want to buy this because it has toxic stuff in it? Or do I want to like, try to not be uh, overwhelmed by these societal norms. And, and, you know, the economy definitely drives that uh, and it keeps people sleeping as far as, you know, not being able to um, be involved in their own soul work. Uh, so I, I feel like we're all artists, right? And, and, and it's just a matter of connecting with that part of ourselves so that we can say, we don't need, we don't need you to dictate, you know, what, what it means, what success means, you know, I'm going to redefine my, my version of success based on the 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 soul work that i'm doing so um yes i i echo that and i encourage everyone to just tap into their inner artist and that's that's also you know how how soul work begins it's like okay the genius the genius now it's funny when you when and on the on the left brain intellectual level of of the word genius it's like you know sat scores perfect scores on this and that but um back in in mythology, the genius was this presence that came and inspired you to write a book or to paint a, you know, paint something. Uh, and it's in, and to have that genius, uh, to work from our genius zone, what, what would happen if we're all working from our genius zone, you know? How, how cool would that be? <laughs> I think two different, so Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that genius quite a bit. And then Ayn Rand, I think she explored that in the Atlas Shrugged. I don't know how I feel about her as a person, but I think that was the concept she was exploring. If everybody could do what they're really good at doing and they wanted to spend their time, essentially like your soul work is like what works out the kinks in you. It's what helps you to not be so closed and so tight and so boxed. Um, so yeah, those are two different. I think, I think Elizabeth Gilbert's was like a TED talk where she talked about that genius. Mm-hmm. 
Beautiful. All right, let's move on to this next question here. So you did talk a little bit about uh, healing from capitalism. Do you want to unpack that a little more or do you want to move on to the next question? I think, I think that's who case is unpacked. I think she's good. Okay, perfect, <laughs> perfect. All right, so this next question here. Would you have managed to live abroad with non-soul work? Has soul work become a safe space to you? It's super easy because capitalism exists everywhere. So I'm in Malaysia. They don't know nothing about Thanksgiving. Why do they have a Black Friday sale? So it's super easy to replicate whatever you were, uh, whatever you were experiencing wherever you came from. Some people travel and never go nowhere, right? Because they're bringing the exact person, the exact mentality, the exact blah, blah, blah. So you could get a job, child. There's lots of jobs out there, especially online now. There's so many jobs. So it's very easy to not do soul work. Um, yeah. So there's also that mentality of like paying the bills. So that's important. But also, like I was talking about carving out that space to get into your, your real, real work. Some people like, and this is something you have to decide for yourself. Some people like not monetizing their soul work. They like having really rich hobbies, you know, volunteering and like all this other kind, kind of stuff, um, which is really, really dope. So it's something that is very specific to each individual. You have to understand what you really want and if you're giving yourself permission to want the thing you really want. So if you want a job and you're happy having that job, then that's totally fine. That doesn't have to be soul work. You can make it soul work in a lot of ways, like by showing up and being all of yourself. Um, so there are ways to work within the systems on some level. Like I said, it's hard to divorce yourself from the system completely. The system. Um, but yes. yeah, uh, soul work has absolutely been a safe space for me because I've made it that. I've given myself I'm giving myself the opportunity to show up ugly, to show up unpolished, to, to show up um, unrefined, to show up against my 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 ideal tastes. <laughs> um, for example, like I have a weekly podcast that I put out called Black Women Travel, where I have these kind of soul conversations with people, with Black women about how they how they've lived their lives and how travel has become a priority to them. And the audio sometimes is really miserable. And I have shed literal tears while editing, like I wish this were better, <laughs> but I will put that episode out because that is, that's, that's what I do. That's who I've said I want to be. I wanna be a person that is consistent. So uh, I just put out episode 77. So it's almost a year and a half that I've been putting this, this show out and that commitment, especially this year, that commitment has really imbued me. It's really like invigorated me. It's, it's kept me centered, you know, kept me focused. Um, and to not worry about all of the myriad of things that were completely out of my control, you know, whether other people are wearing a mask, who's taking it seriously, who's not, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that it can be a safe space if you make it a safe space. 
Beautiful. Well, congratulations. 77. That's a nice number to wrap up the year. Um, how do we find your podcast? It's on all streaming platforms. <laughs> you can find it on Apple, on Google Podcasts, on uh, Spotify, whatever app you use, more than likely it's there. Um, you can go to the website, um, social media at BWT Pod. So you just click on the link to go to the website or just search for it. But Black Women Travel Podcast. Beautiful. And I like to hear um, maybe as you have, since you've produced 77 episodes, can you share maybe one of your favorite moments um, in your experience or maybe from, you know, some of the conversations that you've had? I know that's a really tough question because now yeah. you're going through Because they're all so different. Um, what is something? So the way I approach producing this podcast is like a lot of times because we are who we are we say the same stuff over and over again so I research my guests before I sit down to record with them so I get a little piece of paper out and like I get to scrolling and what have you and I just kind of look for the patterns and so when talking with them when speaking with them I just kind of breeze past the stuff that anybody who's looking could find and I try to ask the deeper questions that kind of pull at them a little bit um, to get a, just a little bit more personal than what they might have already said or to scratch something um, about something that they said. So there's sometimes this moment <laughs> in the interview where they're like, oh, you've done your research, okay. Cause I'll be pulling up their mama name, their grandmama name, you know. <laughs> asking them about like um, what was going through their minds at a particular like juncture in their lives, you know, cause you can see those spaces. If you're looking for it, you could see it like where they're talking to themselves out loud, which a lot of times we do on social media, trying to encourage ourselves, trying to pick ourselves up, not being completely secure in where we are or what we're doing because this is life and nobody tells you that everybody's confused and everybody is winging it um and everybody has this voice that they're having a conversation with again the brain trying to protect you and you being like you know yeah, you really got to protect me against this right now <laughs> you can relax um so i think those are some of my favorite moments where where i get to pull just a little bit i get to I get to, yeah, I don't know how else to say that, but like pull a little bit at them. Yeah, yeah, you pull it out. You, you, you bring um, a, a new perspective to, to the way that they also are sharing their experience. And we have someone uh, who is, is a good supporter. She's doing such a good job writing in the chat box <laughs> saying that you are so good for that, for the way that you're facilitating your conversations. Yeah. So everyone, let's, when this is over, let's hop and listen to Wanda interview these amazing folks. And, um, and again, thank you for your integrity and for, for uh, facilitating those, those conversations, um, especially, you know, um, with black women, there's so much, I mean, you sit, I sit with, with the elders in my community and, and just over tea, I learn so much every time. It's like, yes, yes. How do we, how do we, you know, bring this just see how, how, how our commonalities, you know, can help us grow instead of focusing on what uh, differences can keep us apart. Thank you, Wanda, for that. 
All right, so we've got about 10 more minutes left. Let's take this question here um, and we'll see if someone else wants to ask a live question um, before we wrap up. So just to let you all know, if you haven't had a chance to hop off mute or write in the chat box, now is your time to shine. So Wanda, I'm starting off as a freelancer. Can you share some advice so that I don't get involved in projects that won't contribute to my soul work search? Um, so again, it's that emotional intelligence, like what feels good? Are you replicating that capitalistic system? So if you, when you get a client, are you trying to like over deliver? Are you spending way more time doing work for them than what they've actually paid you for? So it's like healthy boundaries, setting those healthy boundaries for yourself, giving yourself the space to grow, understanding what you don't want, not focusing on that, focusing on what you do want, putting all your energy and your focus and your thoughts and everything, all your spirit into what you do want. What kind of experience do you want? What kind of client do you want? And working from that place. Um, that way you'll never get off track because you are grounded, right? You are um, firmly planted. You have a solid foundation about, and, and a working solid foundation about who you are and what you want, what kind of experience you want and what you're willing to offer in exchange for some rent money, you know? So I think that's, that's the best way to approach that. And, and understanding that it's possible. If you don't believe that it's possible, then people are gonna read that somehow. They just know, they're like, oh, she ain't really with it. I can pile on her, whatever I wanna pile on her and she's not gonna stand up for herself. Thank you for that response. All right, so does anyone wanna hop off mute? I'll hold for a light pause to give you some, a chance to hop off mute in case you need that pause. So feel free to come off mute now. If not, I got some questions. I like to hold that space just in case um, some, someone might need that space. Um, I can totally fill Wanda with some questions, some follow-up questions before we end <laughs> this conversation. I would love to know, I mean, you know, given the current state of humanity in the world, um, how do you, <laughs> yeah, you know, let's, let's just end this on a, on a really profound note. A light note, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's philosophize a little bit. What are, what are some of your hopes and maybe predictions um, for 2021. Uh, what, do you, what do you hope to see happen? What do you see happening um, given the current state of the world? I think the world is just going to world, if I may use that as a verb. The world is going to world. It's gonna do what it does. Every country is gonna do what they do. Everybody in that country is gonna do what they do. And all of that is completely out of your control. So, what I predict will happen is what you allow to happen, essentially. Um, what, how are you spending your time? How are you nurturing your joy? How are you filling yourself up with the, thing, the good feelings that you want to experience without relying on a condition, without relying on something outside of yourself to, to fill that need, making yourself feel secure and supported and loved and healthy and like wh whatever feelings that you want to feel. Um, if you give your attention to that, then I think you can start to fill the rest of it out. Also, something I wanted to mention is sometimes we attack these problems from a very direct aspect. I think that's how we're taught, you know, you make your list of the good stuff and the bad stuff and like all of it, you know, but your mind is still 
in this place of not necessarily introducing new information that has that you've built trust and confidence in yourself. So you're trying to solve the problem from the same place where it was created, essentially. Um, so that's why feeding your joy and relaxing <laughs> and letting these things passively come to you to where you can use your inspired action to start to make your way through. You know, if you have a machete and you're cutting down through the rainforest, essentially, the wilderness of the world, um, one step at a time, one blade swipe at a time, but always, always connecting with yourself and nurturing those good feelings. So I think that any year is going to be what you make of it. People, and also giving yourself lots of grace, lots of grace, uh, because people put a lot of emphasis on a new year. New year, new me, you know, I'm supposed to be fit. I'm supposed to be financially healthy. I'm supposed to be like all this stuff within the first 30 days of the new year or whatever. And, you know, you'll probably see a lot of posts from people about what they accomplished this year. Um, and the holidays are hard for some people, especially, you know, if you're mindful of not spreading this death <laughs> and you're staying home versus going to visit with your family, uh, you could feel like really isolated. It's like finding people to connect with knowing what it is that you need and trying to fill that need, right? Um, so all of that, don't put too much pressure on yourself to solve these problems right away, problems right away. Easing yourself into this practice of feeling good and being more intentional about how you wanna feel and the experiences that you wanna have that can be the cherry on top of feeling good already. And then every year is gonna be a good year. I love that. The world is going to world. The world is going to continue to world. Um, and, and that just reminds me of, uh, I, I feel like, you know, this is, this is the, hopefully, at least this is my mantra. This is a statement of the year for me is the revolution will not be televised. You got to do that inner work and bring yourself to every situation with that work, you know, and be kind to yourself above all, because mm -hmm. yeah, things are tough. And, um, but we have a lot, I mean, we are creative people. You know, and I think that when we can remind ourselves of that, and like you said, Wanda, taking, creating time, creating space to reflect and receive that information, um, I think will be a good uh, resource. You know, it's a great tool to, to realize and recognize your creativity. Um, I have someone here who's written in the chat box, sometimes we know our sole purpose, but it feels very difficult to move in that direction due to fear of money. We used to work uh, on older patterns how to get motivated to move in soul purpose direction. So how should you get motivated to move towards a soul purpose direction? What a great way to wrap up this chat. Wanda, do you have any, any comments on that question? You know I do, Mariela. Um, I mean, the, the soul work is really the reward in itself. Every time, it really is. That, that is a dope motivation for you to say, wow, like if I, focus on feeling good if I focus on expressing myself from this good feeling place um I'm gonna be happier like my my vibrations are gonna be off the chart you know <laughs> what was that song vibrate higher um by outcast like imagine all the things you've done up to this point honestly like really think about that all the worry all the fear all the guilt all the 
you know, talking down to yourself and beating yourself up about not doing this well and not doing that well or not knowing enough about this, not knowing enough about that. And where has it gotten you? Has it gotten you where you really want to be? So like, this is your opportunity to try something different. And that different thing is putting that, putting that goodness first, putting those good feelings first and understanding that you can create them at any point. You can change like that. Have you ever been like super upset and you got on the train with a good, good girlfriend and she had you cracking up? You could change like that. The feelings change like that. It's just you're feeding, you're feeding that bad stuff, bad stuff. It's just, that's something you don't want. Let it go, child. Focus on the stuff you do want. So, so if you believe that it's difficult, you will make it difficult for yourself to do. And the way you phrase that question, it feels very difficult. It's because you're making it feel difficult. You have to give yourself permission. You have to allow yourself to feel good. And like I said, not sometimes not going at it directly, being passive, starting very wide with it like oh like this hot chocolate is really good or like oh i love this movie or i love this music or whatever brings you joy you know what brings you joy and like feeding that joy and then letting that inspired action take you where you need to go but you have to allow it and those are if you if you do affirmation work like that's something that you can affirm within yourself you know i am a growing person who is prioritizing my well-being and these are the things that I really enjoy doing. And I, I love getting hyped up about this or that. I had such a good experience with this or that. And I know that the answers are going to come to me. And actually, you know what? I'm going to hop on and do a live because I'm really hyped up right now. Or I'm going to write this email. Like, this is some information I really want to share. Um, or I'm going to start an email list. <laughs> like, whatever that looks like for you to be able to connect with people. Um, but just like, like I said, piece by piece with that machete, you just take a little wax here, take, you know, stop, drink some water, <laughs> stare some birds, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, it's being that I'm, I'm in a place of allowing, I'm in a place where I, um, I'm supported, I am loved, and I am allowing this stuff that wants to come out of me to come out of me, and it's coming out in the most wonderful way that will connect with whoever it's meant to connect with, that kind of thing encourage yourself self-soothe you know reprogram all the stuff that you've been saying and flip it <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely reflip it reprogram especially because we got folks out there trying to program us we that's a whole nother topic you already been. It's, it's been yes so work on that yes work on reprogramming look at it from you know from within and then also i love that you're bringing it so it's it's individual work but then we are interconnected beings so you you know you you put yourself out there in order to continue the web um wanda i am so happy that you shared uh, this conversation with us this past hour i'm definitely checking out your your podcast and i encourage everyone to do so as well um and wow today is tuesday we've got a couple days left in december so you know be courageous, let your light shine, you know, take Wanda's tips, tricks, food for thought and soul at, to heart. Um, and I would love to hear from you all on the next chat. I hope to see you all in the next chat. And um, thank you, Wanda, so much for coming. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Yeah, bye. Thanks, Julius.